Hello, and welcome into another episode of Farm to Fame. I am Kelsey Wenger. Peter Moylan is the twirler you also see alongside of me with the baseball bat and Maddie Mass producing once again our dude, Maddie Mass. Just to clarify, yep. His name is Maddie Mass, and he also mass produces. <laughs> because oh. You produce That's, a lot. At that is a good start to the pod, by the way. We just know that. They say that it starts, starts speeches with a joke, and okay. we just killed it. Yeah. There you go. I didn't. You well, did. That's why I'm here. Comedic okay. value. You bring the beauty, I bring the funny. I like that. And I click record. And you push the buttons. <laughs> That's all you do. <laughs> you don't run all of the social medias, edit all of the shows. Kelsey, Kelsey, don't let everyone know we don't do anything else but this. Sorry. Sorry. This was a fun week, you guys, because minor league season got started. That time. Holy smokes. It's there's so many games that we're trying to like, <laughs> with right now. Yeah, we just went from, hey, there's maybe 30 games a day to, by the way, we would go and have to look at another 70 per day. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a little crazy. It was yeah. a little crazy, but um, so it. glad that, that that season's back and all of the lives, man, who are affected by that season coming back. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. How are you guys doing? So good. I'm so, so good. good. Yeah, it's been a great week. A uh, few teams that are supposed to be playing well are starting to play a little bit better. Yankees, Braves, namely. Um, mm. Still, the Dodgers are sort of all over the place. Can't win a game. Did that. you see the, it, the stat that said that um, they've lost five consecutive series for the first time since 2017? Wow. They've lost five consecutive series. I wouldn't have thought that it was even that. They've been winning since 2013, so I'm surprised that they even won, lost five series in a row in 17. I would Do have you gone. think that it's just like the World Series hangover? I mean, I don't know. I've never won a World Series. I don't know what that hangover feels like. So, well, I mean, we've seen it. Sure. With so many yeah, yeah. teams recently. I yeah. mean, I think of the Red Sox and the Nationals off the top of my head. But... I do too. Yeah, but Nationals was a different one. Red Sox. Did they sort of they sort of got rid of a few players and and I think about the Royals who went to the back to back World Series. Um, obviously they didn't win it in fourteen, but they ended up winning in fifteen. And I was there in sixteen, so I got to see. There's certainly no lack of urgency in the guys when I was there. It's still they still got the same goal. Just you know to win a World Series and to be good a good baseball team, it requires more than just putting a good team on paper and saying okay now we've got it. You know yeah. things have to gel, things have to go right. Injuries, there's been a lot of injuries. It's been, uh, especially, I mean, the Braves case, it's been starting pitches out of form. Freddie Freeman's been not himself. You know, lineups have to click. There's a lot that has to happen for you to win a World Series and for you to be a good team. And yeah. uh, we're seeing that in the early stages of this month. But we've got 162 games this year. So to quote Brian Snitka, I don't look at the, the standings until the All-Star break. So that's what he said. And that's, I guess, when it starts to matter. That's when you start to panic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's... It's a strange, it's still a strange up and down year. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it though. One more month of this and you question the Dodgers or? Um, in their case, look, if they keep losing series, again, I don't know the Dodgers as intimately as I know the Braves, but I, I would assume with all the new names that we're hearing that they're having to, to rely on non-name guys a little bit more than what they expected to at this start of the year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. McKinstry is still hurt. 
Sheldon Noisy, who we talked about a few weeks ago, he gets some pinch hitting appearances, but he hasn't really been starting. Mm. Uh, I feel like I feel like every time I'm checking their box score, Gavin Lux is like two for four. Right. I don't know if that's just the games that I'm looking at or if right. if he's hitting. Any word on Bellinger when he's supposed to be back? Because I mean, obviously I haven't he's a big seen face. anything on Bellinger. And then I thought I saw Cody Yelich. What? <laughs> if Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich. Cody Yelich. <laughs> Cody Bellinger. Belich. Cody Bell. Uh, no, that doesn't that doesn't do the same thing. Bellich. I thought I saw Christian Yelich in a box score, and then not again. So did he? One yeah. They put him back on the IL. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen any update on on Belly, and I don't I don't even know what they've been doing with McKinstry hurt too. Anyway, enough about the Dodgers. Gavin Lux is hitting two oh nine, by the way. So I think it's just the box scores <laughs> that he's two for four. Maybe he just <laughs> gets lucky really when you look at his box. You, yeah. for, for his sake, I'm asking. He's probably going to ask you to look at his box score every single day. <laughs> Yeah, so there's our spiel on the Dodgers. Um, A great story that came out at the start of the minor league season was about Drew Robinson, Peter. Oh, my goodness. Um, You have a lot more details on his backstory, but for those of you who maybe missed it on social media, um, Drew Robinson is in the Giants organization. Peter said that he had bounced around to a few different organizations prior to that. Yeah. And in 2020, he attempted suicide and survived. And um, his story came out this week, and he started the season in AAA for the yeah. Giants. Well, the backstory, let's just go to, he got his first hit since the attempted suicide. You know, I could do the whole pod on just this subject alone, talking mm-hmm. about mental illness and, and um, all the rest of it. But this is just a, he was a, a typical fringe baseball player, um, got, a, got a couple of it bats with texas in 17 and 18 uh was with the, was in the minor leagues when the pandemic hit last year had been dealing with depression and anxiety and and self-worth issues feeling like he wasn't good enough uh, and the worst thing that could happen was that the minor league season finishes and then he has to go home and all of a sudden he's by himself right mm-hmm. so Mine's racing and eventually it was a, it was a month. March 12th was when the minor league season was finished. And then April 16th was when he attempted suicide. So he's at home by himself, shoots himself and wakes up and goes, oh my God, I survived. Spends the next 20 hours contemplating, basically, do I choose life or do I try and do this again? I mean, he was, he was taking a shower. He was trying to clean his teeth and use mouthwash to get the taste of blood out of his mouth. All the time, all the while, he's worried about the amount of blood that's coming out of him, but not because of the amount of blood that's coming out of him, just because it's making a mess mm-hmm. and he doesn't want someone to have to clean up. So this is the kind of person that we're talking about, right? He's, he's just attempted suicide. And the only thing on his mind is the, the effects of what he's done on other people. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. 20 hours into this ordeal, he's still by himself. He's still got a hole in his head. He's still contemplating what he's going to do. He's sitting there with a gun in one hand and a phone with 911 dialed to the other hand, and he's got to make a decision. Do I try this again or do I call 911? Obviously, thankful for all of us in this story, he just chose to call 911. Uh, He goes to hospital, and he wasn't in hospital that long. He was only in there for a few days. He went to a... uh, 
a psychiatric ward or a, a, a mental institution. I'm not even sure what they call them now. And 17 days after he attempted suicide, he was back at home. And from that point on, he's basically used that platform. Obviously, he had to get himself in a, in a, in a state where he could do this. But through the whole thing, he remembers thinking about the future while he was going through this. So mm -hmm. he knew that once it was done, he wanted to live. But could you imagine that change of thought that, okay, I'm going to do this after drinking a little bit, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden, no, I don't want this anymore. So he lost his eye, yeah. but he's now had to make a comeback without his left eye or without his right eye. So and it's, then dealing it's, with the trauma of, I mean, if you're saying for 20 hours, dealing with the trauma of all the pain he has to be in right. the fact that, you know, I mean, that there's a hole in your, like that right. whole man, he said that he didn't feel physical pain until the next morning. So he said that he, he went to the bathroom and, and he was looking at himself in the mirror. And, and at one point he tripped and fell and, and hit the wound directly, but didn't feel that either. He didn't feel the physical pain of that. So whether he was in shock yeah. or whatever it was, it wasn't until the next morning where he was sitting there. He said he was in excruciating pain because he finally everything's 20 hours after he'd done this, he's still sitting there deciding whether he wanted to take it. Like, it's just, it's, it's insane to me. But the coolest part of the story is obviously he makes it back. He gets an at-bat in AAA or a few at-bats in AAA. He's playing in Vegas where he grew up, was born and raised. And he gets his first knock since this whole thing happened in front of his friends, his family, his doctors. Could you imagine that feeling for them? Like, yeah. for him, obviously. But I feel like he's the kind of guy that does a lot of what he's doing for other people. And it's just... And the fact that his doctors were there too. It's just really cool. such an amazing story. So now he uses his platform. He goes out, he talks about depression. He talks about mental illness. It's such a massive thing that still isn't talked about enough. Obviously, mm -hmm. the, it's become people a bit more aware of it now. Um, you know, the tough guy athlete stigma has left. I hope so. Because, you know, if it just takes someone realizing that they're not the only one that's dealing with this. I've dealt with it. Like it's, it's, it's horrible. The self-doubt, the power that the mind has over a person and the self-doubt that it can generate and the inability for you to switch that off. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. Like it's, it's a real thing. And those people that don't deal with it, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have dealt with it on some level, but there's, there's people that are completely unaware of what, of, of how bad it can get. And, they're lucky, but they also probably don't understand that that it's the doubt that, that can creep into your head is real and, yeah. and the effects of it is is just as real. I mean, especially in baseball, because baseball yeah. is like a game of failure. I mean, essentially, you know, I mean, it's especially uh, it's just such a mental game. I remember Rob Whalen. I don't think you I don't think you would have played with Rob. He was with the Braves in either like 16 or 17. He was a reliever. Yeah. And he had a bunch of um, mental health issues and has spoken very publicly about it since. And he like took a year off of baseball. He's been very vocal, but so awesome that Drew Robinson is back. Yeah. And I wish him all the best. And I know, I know obviously this has been his dream and he's doing this at the moment, but whatever happens in, in baseball, he's going to go on and do amazing things because yeah. of the attitude and the experience and being able to talk about something like that. I think that his, his life after baseball is just going to be incredible. And yeah. I'm excited to see what happens.
I'm excited to see. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. That's, that's the kind of, that's how I felt, you know, going through all this and, and reading it and looking at every interview I could find on him. And it was just it's such an incredible, incredible person. And just the ordeal for him and his family to go through and to come back at the other end of it, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah. So again, Drew Robinson is in the Giants organization. He's in AAA, if you want yeah. to keep up with him. Piggybacking off of minor league is with the season just started. Sorry, Did I that? mess that sentence up a lot? No, no, no. It was perfect. It sounded great in your head. <laughs> Not so good when it was. I'll try again. Okay, uh, minor Ready? league season is. Minor league season is back, and we are so excited about that. And um, mm-hmm. there were a few changes this year, Peter, that are some are great, some are kind of sad. Um, Hit me with the first big change was that there's now only 120 affiliated full season teams. That's down mm. from 160 in 2019. There's only four levels essentially now, low A, mm-hmm. high A, double A, triple A. And they're restructuring like the, um, the geographical leagues. alignment. Yeah. So they have those, I think the three partner minor league leagues that we've talked about Mm -hmm. and then they've restructured the geographical alignment to help with minor league travel um which which makes sense i'm sure you love that because i know that that travel is just insane they in the new agreement they're going to upgrade facilities which is awesome but the biggest thing but it's still not enough is um pay raises between 38 and 72 percent so that's awesome yeah you know, it published like, for instance, the weekly, the weekly salary and rookie and short season went from 400 a week, went from 290 a week to 400 a week, $290 a week. And that's the same in single A. Kels, let me just tell you something real quick. When I was in rookie ball in 1996, mm-hmm. we would get $850 a month was our paycheck Jeez. before taxes. Then... Out of that came money for your hotel, money for food. So I would get a I would get a check every two weeks for $123. Oh and that's what gosh. we had to live on. And you hear so many guys that have to work other jobs in the off season. They, um, they all have to. If you're in the minor yeah. leagues and you didn't get a signing bonus, like I signed for 20 grand. 20 grand was a lot of money when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. But once they take the taxes out, you get 13. And then once you've got $13,000 and you're surviving on $120 a week or $120 every two weeks, that signing bonus is gone after your first year. So you yeah. get home, it's the off season. You're like, okay, I've got to train, but I've got to also live. So I didn't have the, I didn't have the benefit of being able to live with my parents. So yeah. I had to go out and wash cars and, and like do whatever I could to make money while also trying to be a minor leaguer. So they talk about living wage and they're playing a game. People rip on minor league baseball players. Oh, you're just playing a game. It's not a game. It's a business. And mm-hmm. we are employees and we should be paid as if we're businesses or employees. It's it's brutal. Yeah. So AAA, they were making 502 a week and now it's up to 700. So what's mm-hmm. 700 times 26? $18,200. That's crazy. As a triple A, the people have families. Now, granted, once you've got through the seven years and you're assigned a minor league free agent, you can start making more money. Seven years though. That's seven years. How many guys will stick it out for that long? You know? I mean, most people will try, but you know, if you have a family or you you know, your wife's like, listen, I love you, but 
it ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> we're in AAA, you're hitting 150 and we need, we need formula and diapers. So what are we going to do? That's the, that's the added pressure that, that yeah. you know, it's, it's just so fun. There needs to be, and I don't know what the solution is, but there needs to be more involvement from the major league side of it. And obviously 2020 wasn't the best year to ask for more money from anyone, but um, it has to come from the major league side. Like there should be, there's so many stats out there about if you took, you know, $3 million and poured it into the minor league system, every single minor league could have a living wage. And it's yeah. like, when you're talking about the grand scheme of payrolls and how much money these teams make and how much money these teams are worth and the amount of money that it would take to make a livable wage for minor league baseball players, it's, it's peanuts. It's ashtray yeah. money for these people. And it's, it's, I don't understand how they don't see it as, as a necessity to, to, to bring up the lifestyle or the living, the living arrangements with these guys. Some of the hotels you stay in, like, it's just, it's, it's not glamorous. And, you know, especially for me, when I was telling people that I'd sign with the Minnesota Twins in Australia, their mindset is, oh my goodness, he, you, you're, you're the instant millionaire, you know, you've made it. Whereas that's not the truth. That's, that's, yeah. that's not the truth for, for 99% of the people that actually sign a contract. So are, what is your take on the, on the two other points? Down 40 teams from 2019 and the four levels now and the upgraded facilities. I, the upgraded facilities, great, needed to happen. Are they really just not great? I mean, I guess dependent on the, you know, where you are. But Again, I've, I went from rookie ball to AAA. So I saw rookie ball where it was you jump in a van and you drive two hours, you play in a uniform and you come back and you drive two hours and you shower at the, your own stadium. Mm-hmm. The only experience I've had of A-ball was on rehab assignments. And I'm not going to call out any stadiums, but they weren't very good. Yeah. Rome, Brave Stadium is amazing. Uh, certain road stadiums and road clubhouses are basically rat infested shitholes. And it's the more the food that gets supplied. Um, you know, these guys are relying on playing, paying clubhouse dues yeah. to clubhouse staff and getting fed. And there was at one point we went to a road trip and the spread was a bucket of cheese balls and a crock pot full of cheese with some, with some chips to dip in. So if you didn't like cheese, you weren't going to eat. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, like two loaves of bread and a big tub of peanut butter and a big tub of jelly and with a plastic wow. knife that everybody had to share. Like that was your spread yeah. for a lot of the time. So that sort of stuff needed to be picked up. That's so crazy. Yeah. So it's good to see, um, you know, that they're taking the steps to make those changes. Obviously, as, as Peter's saying, more can be done, but that's a step in the right direction. So, And they're thinning out the amount of people that, like, it's that shortened the draft. I, I, look, was there too many people that played minor league baseball every year? Maybe. But with four teams per organization now, maybe that changes, you know, the quality of, of you know, I don't know. It's... Well, I want to see more why... people play. I want to see more people playing baseball is, yeah. is my point. So when you, when you shorten the draft and you get rid of 40 teams, there's effectively 1,200 players that aren't going to play, but there's also the independent balls now. So, But are those 1,200 players players that never would have made the big leagues anyway? So mm-hmm. they're just wasting their own and everyone else's time? Like That's the argument, and I, and I, I don't know where I sit on that yet. I, we'll have to see the effects of what 
yeah. happens. Because from those 1,200 players, sometimes there's going to be five cool stories, like the 57th round draft pick that never would have got a chance to play, like the Mike Piazzas, like these sorts of stories that you that we all enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's all great to see these one and two picks come up to the big leagues that were expected to be there, but it's the unexpected guys that I like hearing about. Yeah. Lots of changes, good changes. Um, I will be very excited to see how, how the season plays out now um, yeah. after taking the season off. But we are so glad that it's back. And we have a lot more guys to talk about. So good. Um, so now, Pita, it is time for our Rookie of the Year watch, which mm. is brought to you by Manscaped, our mm. very first sponsor. And we love them so, so much. This segment, like we said, is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions. Champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, my friends. The 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Yes, Melbourne Aces fans, free. 2 million and one. Wide shipping. What said June over two million? And I'm oh, oh, yeah, I'm the one over. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so you can use the code farm at manscaped.com for 20% off and for free worldwide shipping. Uh, Don't do it, you're missing out. It's it's that simple. If you don't trim your nether regions, you shouldn't be listening to this pod. Manscaped, manscaped, it's a beautiful product. We talked about it last time, Kels. Yeah. You can tell once you open up the box or something. Whoa. Look at the light. Look at the light. There it is. Don't you? Oh. Trying to see the light. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. You, you never know when you... Those regions, they get shady down there. I'm not sure we if you... missed you've... it last week. They have a whole new balls game. Mm-hmm. In here. You don't understand how, how... You may understand, but I'm telling you, that light, that light's a lifesaver. Do you like it? The 4.0? Yes. It's magical. It all but basically shaves your balls for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I guess that's helpful for a man. Yeah. So we love, we love Manscaped. We do. They're our very first sponsors. You can use the code farm at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping Mm -hmm. and more confidence. Just look at me. So we've kind of made some changes, guys. Uh, we're getting a little bit more organized. Yes, we're street. We feel like we were talking about too many guys. And as much efficiency. as we want to talk about too many guys, we're an efficiency pod. And we want you guys to take stuff away from it. So we're just going to hit on four guys for yep. Rookie of the Year Watch. And we are going to start with Dylan Carlson, who, Peter, the month of May, mm. sitting 367 in the month of May. That's good, right? Um, yeah, a little bit. So he's hitting 303 overall with three home runs. And I think the three home runs came in like his first six games. Um, and they might have been, I think they were all bunched together. Um, he has a hit in every single game in May besides one. And wow. his last three hits. So this weekend, he was really good. All multi-hit efforts. So this is a guy that we were talking about before the season started. So started the month of May. He was hitting 277. 
Um, and now he's hitting 303. So he's hitting above 300. So he got a taste last year, got the jitters out. And he's having a great year. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go back into your Mary Mercedes the day after he was born and then give you all the history of what happened since then. So I'm just going to talk about the last week. And okay. he had a slow start to this week. I'm going to be honest with you. He was two for 15 before Sunday's game. And then he came out looking like pink Iron Man. Pink Iron Man. Pink Mother's Day uniforms and decided to go bananas yesterday against Mikey Miner, former teammate of your co-host. So he's back up to 375 for the season. He's still only got five homers. His power strokes sort of gone a little bit. They were talking about how the league has started to make adjustments in the way that they pitch to him. And then he's now making the adjustments back. I think, I think the word they use was he's let the power stroke go back a little bit. And he's just trying to make more contact this week because mm-hmm. obviously you get the, the habit of thinking that every time you go up there, you're going to go deep. Um, but he has never really been known as that power. He's been a big guy, but he hasn't had a lot of power numbers. So that was a bit of a surprise to start this year for yeah. him. But I always liked his two-strike approach where he seemed like he'd get a lot wider in the box and just flick his hands out. I think mm-hmm. we talked about this before. Um, but yeah, I think he's taken that more of a two-strike approach into the into the week once you start to struggle a little bit. So Yermin is still very much well and truly on the rookie of the year watch and will continue to get knocks. And the White Sox are streaking right now too. So Well, you, you mentioned that he went off yesterday. His first hit was an RBI triple in the mm-hmm. second inning, which is mm-hmm. really fun. Really fun. <laughs> Love when big guys run. And that tied the game up. And then in the third innings, you run double and he ended up at third. So, I mean, they were like two exciting hits yesterday. RBI triple and an RBI double. Two run double. Would you say he's back after a slow week? So this is... He, he just has to wear <clears throat> pink every game, man. Yeah. Those are the rules. Wait till you see how many guys keep using pink bats after their days yesterday. If you have a good day with a pink bat, this pink bat carries on for weeks. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. Um, he still has the highest batting average among all rookies. Probably. Yeah. He's still second in the league to Mike Trout, who's hitting 376. So Who? I don't know. Um, so even after a really slow start to May, <laughs> he's still hitting 373. So yeah. he kind of came out of nowhere and we love him. And I would love to try his cheeseburger. Um, <laughs> another guy, Trevor Rogers for the Marlins, the fish who pitch. He only made one start this week, though, um, but he's been so dang good this season that we're still going to talk about him. His next start's going to be the day that this um, episode comes out on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. 189. His 189 ERA is third in the NL. Yeah. And he's struck out at least six guys in each game. Mm-hmm. So his season high is 10. And just like people are making adjustments to Yermin Mercedes, you would think that by this point, hitters would have enough video to be able to see what Rogers has got and make adjustments, but he still continues to do it. And, uh, you know, big, big lefty. We've talked about his stuff before. Mid to high 90s fastball and and pretty good secondary stuff. Um, And his velo jumped this year. In 2020, he was at about 93.5. Six miles per hour is what what I read in um, an athletic article. In 2021, his velo has jumped up two to three miles per hour. Um, 189 ERA, which is third in the NL and seven starts this season. And Peter, Mm. he's thrown the second most innings for a rookie. Second to? Ian Anderson. Yes. Okay. We're going to keep going. Good job. So, but it's only one inning difference. Uh, Trevor okay. Rogers has thrown 38. Ian Anderson has thrown 39 innings. Okay. 
Rogers has given up seven fewer runs than Ian Anderson okay. and Trevor Rogers leads all rookies in strikeouts with 50 and the next closest is Ian Anderson, Ian Anderson with 43. Um, and the next after that is 33. So yeah, Ian Anderson and Trevor Rogers are like topping a lot of those, uh, those one-off numbers mm-hmm. uh, in rookie pitching. So, yeah. and like Peter said, he's every single start, he's struck out at least six guys. That's the lowest uh, 10, eight, seven. So he's Trevor Rogers has been very good. I did notice that he's only gone five in his last two starts, which yeah. like we'll take. Here's my thinking, right? Okay. Teams have to be very careful with their starting pitches this year. Yeah. Because a normal starter will make 32 starts. So if you go six or seven innings over 32 starts, not a match pod, but that's a lot of innings, especially after having a shortened season last year. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see a lot of, especially because the fish are not the necessarily fish. going for it this year. So yes, they're still in the NL East right now, but they're not worried about 2021. They're worried about 2022, 23, 24. So you might see some strange innings limits put on the fish starters because they're all so young too. They're all, they're all still developing. And, you know, the last thing you you need to see is next year when you're trying to make a run for it and guys blow out because they went too hard in 2021. So I think a lot of those teams are really managing. And in the minor leagues, you're seeing a lot of uh, piggybacking, which means instead of having a five man rotation, they've got eight man rotation in the minor leagues where one guy will start one week and then a guy will come in behind him in the fifth inning and, and throw four innings. So uh-huh. effectively you've, you've got through the game with two starters going four innings instead of using a starter for six and then relievers for three. So you're seeing that all across the minor leagues this year um, to try and limit and re, re, excuse me, pause for one second. I rebuild, don't reconstruct. Re, rebuild their, their arm strength, I guess is what, yeah. Okay. Words are hard. It shouldn't have been that hard though. I mean, this is it's okay. I do this for a living. I talk I for a living. I, I used it's to throw baseballs for a living. It's though. tough though. Words are really tough. Um, I'm just an athlete. So just an athlete. No, you're more Former. than sports. Um, no, you're still an athlete. A kind of sad update. What is this? Paint me like one of your French girls. A sad update. Not did a sad update. Did you just update. go Titanic reference? Because mm-hmm. you did. So I'm pose. I'm the girl. Yeah, because you did a jewel. pose. I'm Rose. Yes. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense. Thanks, Rose. So, Akil Badu. Mm. We'll let you take this one, Kelsey. First of all, I just want to make it known that we still love Akil Badu. Nothing, nothing has changed. We still think he's great. And I think if he knew Peter and I, that he would think we're great. I think we'd all be great friends. But our dear friend has had a really, really rough start to the month of May. He only has mm. one hit in six games. So he's sitting 071 yep. in the month of May. His overall average for the season, 195, four home runs, 14 RBI. He ended so- up not starting on Saturday. He was Saturday. left out of the lineup on Saturday over his last 15 games. He's hitting 116 with a 46% strikeout rate, which Damn. is is tough. 
obviously we we hope that he can find it and we talk about regularly on this podcast that the adjustments that hitters and pitchers both have to make when they come into the league and when people figure them out when they figure mm-hmm. someone out and it's just it's non-stop chess match and this is what makes baseball so much fun if it was automatic it would be boring yeah the slumps is what makes it interesting so get in your time machine okay i'm in we are on may 17th of 2021 we're a week from today okay if akil badu gets under three hits this week Mm. are we still talking about him in our rookie of the year watch i would have to say that we will still be talking about him maybe as a group i don't know if he would make it onto the podcast because i don't think that's rookie of the year watch warranted numbers and until he can pick it up then he's not going to be in the same company as rogers or the rest of the guys or carlson or mercedes or any of those guys that we talk about because yes it can have a take a good four months in your back but we'll talk about him for the four months when he's good unfortunately that's how this pod works it's a it's a guillotine man you it's you're there one week you're gone the next I know. I know. If, this, if this was a once a year pod He'd be happy, but this yeah. isn't a once a year pub. This is a but, once a week pub. Look, we're just saying we still love you, Akil Badu. We do love you, and yes. we're cheering and, for you. And we we think you're going to get more than three hits this week. That was just a hypothetical. I'm also not sure that he listens to this and he's going to actually have this affect his week. I think he does. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. Now everybody out of the. Time machine, we're back. Okay. <clears throat> now we are going to move into our top 10 prospects. Yes. Okay. Maddie Mass came up with this list. You ain't going to find this list anywhere else. Nope. You're not going to find this list on the Twitters. No. Nope. You're not going to find this list in any kind of article. You're nope. going to find this list amongst the farmers. Us. Right here. Exclusive. Just in case any GMs want to tune in now. Just in case. Yeah. We've got the next Moneyball kid. We've yes. got the next. Exclusive. Jonah also Hill. want to make sure everybody knows that Jonah we, Hill. we've changed the, the whatever board this is saying from farm to fam, because if you've been with us through the start of the season, you're now fam. This isn't just a spelling mistake by us. This was intentional. <laughs> this is by design, people. Talking now, you may look at that and go, ah. Another spelling mistake by those two, obvious, but no, Which, deliberate, fair. fair, very fair. Not an English pod or a math pod. <laughs> we're just, really, we're just an efficiency pod we when it boils down to it. Two people that want to get things done. Okay, top 10 prospects. Matty Mass, when you sent us this list, are these in order of who you truly believe are like, like is the first guy we're going to say is yes. your number one prospect the for first this guy, week for this there's not yes. another person there's not another person who's going to have a week like this maybe ever again okay. kelsey so shall we get into it kick it oh and oh peter and i split these people up so we don't know anything about um who the other person's talking about Correct. so peter is leading off today for the farm to fame crew started australian went pirates of the caribbean or is it caribbean that's a that is a that is a discussion for a whole nother day shall i just get into this okay 
Ranked at number one in Matty Mass's Who Had a Good Week.com, Trevor Halver of the New York Yankees, the number 23, just the number 23 prospect in the Yankees farm system, down there in Tampa, playing for the Tarpoons, the A ball for the Yankees. Okay. It's his first year in Pro Bowl, by the way. So you want to talk about making an impression? His first week, he has 18 at bats, 10 hits, six home runs, 13 RBIs. That's good enough for a. I don't think I've. This is. You had fun with this one. A 2,265 OPS, a 2,265 OPS. I don't think I've ever said that for anyone ever. A 2265 OPS. In his first week of Pro Bowl, that's what you do. So when you say it's his first season of Pro Bowl, I'm trying to Google him now. So um, he was drafted by the Royals in the 37th round in 2017, didn't sign, and then drafted by the Yankees in the third round 2020 last year. There was no there was no season last year, Kels. Yeah. So he comes that. into spring training this year. Oh, goes, he was drafted out of Arizona State. Yeah. Okay. Goes to goes to A ball and has the greatest week in the history of any A ball player ever. Obviously, you want to get up to a good start. Now, a good start yeah. would be maybe one for three with, with an RBI or or you know just make an impression. Just yeah. do enough that you don't impression. feel like you're going to get released. Impress it. That is going off your tits. It's the off only way your you can, tits. That's the only way you can describe it. And did you um, that was say teats, that he's... as in when you're milking a cow? I didn't say the other one. That was teats. Yeah, teats. we're a milk pod. I love we milk. Are, uh, I one percent. My turn. Go, Kels. Um, I don't. Most of y'all probably haven't heard about this guy. We really had to dig. Um, we're trying to find guys who you don't know about, so we really had to dig deep for this one. So I'm talking about Wander Wander Franco. Yeah, um, who's that? I don't know. He's just the top prospect in baseball. Oh, okay. um, Plays for the Tampa Bay Rays, but he's in AAA. But we're probably going to see him pretty soon up in the show. So he jumped from high A to AAA. Who else did that? Peter Moylan. Didn't you? Isn't that what you said earlier? Different. Long legs. Um, Also notable about Wander Franco, since none of you have heard of him, he's the only top prospect in the game with 80 grade potential for his overall hit tool. The boy can swing it. So far this season, he's hitting 304 with two home run and five RBI in five games. Two of those games, he went 0 for 4, and the other three games were multi-hit efforts. He is just somebody who we're probably going to see pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, he jumped from high to AAA, and he's hitting 300. Obviously, we're only five games in. Super, super small sample size. Number one prospects in all of baseball don't usually miss once they're in AAA. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and say that. Yeah. He's a <laughs> switch hitting shortstop, but um, they had him play second base um, in one of the games this week. So I think they're just trying to find um, a way to fit him into the big league. Give Boston. him the quickest, yeah, the quickest path up, especially mm. if um, he keeps it like his, his home, he hit a home run on Saturday and it was crushed. Yeah. I mean, crushed. Well, so. The Durham Bulls, probably the the, the coolest minor league team. Um, yeah, just, and they got some talent They got some there. sweet merch, by the way, too. Great stadium. Unbelievable stadium to play in. Love Tobacco that. Row, right across the street now that they've done up. And if anybody's yeah. in the North Carolina area and feel okay. like going to watch a baseball game, okay. I would highly recommend going to watch these guys play. Got it. 
yeah. So jumping straight on to um, someone else who we know that he's going to be in the big leagues at some point because their president was was wonderful enough to talk about the fact that they're holding him back from the big leagues for financial purposes. So mm -hmm. everybody knows this story well enough. Jared Kalanick, massive piece of the Edwin Diaz and um, Robinson Cano trade. Yeah. yeah, he was the piece. All he did this week in 18 at bats was get eight hits, two home runs in the same game, by the way, and that's good enough for a 444 average and a 1278 OPS. Mm. He's in AAA Tacoma playing for the Rainiers. I don't know how much longer it's going to take for him to get to the big leagues. I, 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 it could be within weeks, um, days even. Well, um, did you see uh, the tweet from our friend John Morosi? No, what did it say? He tweeted this out four days ago on May six. So Late by the time week. people are listening to this, it's been in the it's been in the Twitterverse for quite some time. But he tweeted, "Mariner star prospect Kellenick is likely to make his MLB debut later this month." As I said on MLB Network a few moments ago, Seattle's left fielders have combined to hit two oh four over the season. Soon, the Mariners' outfield could be Kellenick, Lewis, and Hanniger. Okay, I, I love that, and I love <laughs> the way they're trying to spin that, but. Like this has got nothing to do with left fielder's performance. This guy deserves to be in the big leagues, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the frustrating part, which we've discussed multiple times on this on this pod. So let's just not get into it again. Carry on, Kelsey. Um, he has a friend. His friend's name is Julio Rodriguez. Mm. So Kalenic is the Mariners' number one prospect. Julio Rodriguez is the number two prospect. Dang, I thought it was MLB. Dang. He's MLB's number five overall prospect. That's what it is. They're so studs. I mean, seriously, like those two guys. But Julio Rodriguez started the season in high A, which kind of surprised a lot of people that he didn't start in double A. Right. Um, but, you know, people are competitive. He can just use that as like... Motivation. And honestly... Even though he's in high A, if he just rakes this season, it's not out of the question that. Well, nothing, I don't think get. anything's out of the question at this current stage of the game. Yeah. Um, so in they're in, looking for bodies. Yeah, and he's a body. He there was a play at the plate. So on Sunday he had an RBI single in the tenth to give his team the league, and then he came across to score for an insurance run and they ended up winning the game eight to six. But when he slid into home, he was a little shaken up mm. and doubled over and it like scared some people. But then he like put on his Instagram story. He just had a cut like on his forehead and he seems to be totally fine. So um, that's great. He was two for five with a triple, a run an RBI and two stolen bases mm. this season. So far he's sitting 280 and he's gotten a hit in every game, but one. So Wonderful. that is someone who we might see up here, uh, but it would be a lot longer than Kellenic. Well, someone who's already here, Kels, is Seth Brown. Mm. You want to talk about a week that somebody had, well, maybe a couple of days that somebody mm. had. But mm. the funnest part about me studying this guy was finding out that the A's faced six left-handed starters in a row. So he didn't get to play a lot for the week leading up to the weekend. Oh, man. But when he did get a chance to play, he just went ahead and hit a walk-off on Friday night. Hit a massive walk-off, right? for his first ever walk-off. And then the next day comes and takes the greatest, best-looking pitcher in the league deep in Tyler Glasnow. Mm -hmm. Straight away center field in the Oakland Coliseum. So Bob Melbourne said, without him, and you never see a manager come out and say this, so I thought this was a cool spot. He basically just said, without Seth, we don't win either of those last two games. So we don't talk about guy making an impact. 
after not having played for a week, maybe a couple of pinch hits appearances. But yeah, he had a he had a weekend. He's in he's at five home runs in twenty three games. Twenty three games is still that's only three weeks. You're hitting five homers in three weeks. Yeah, the this weekend was really good for him. Um, <laughs> and I feel like we've wanted to talk about him numerous times this season. Why didn't so we? Boss? Seth Brown probably didn't make the cut, but this week that's right. He did. Welcome to he the made college. the cut on a week that we're talking about less guys. So that's going to talk about the week that he yeah. had. Yeah. 28 years old out of Lewis Clark State. Never heard of that. Okay. Must, must not exist then. Probably doesn't. Completely made up. So this guy isn't made up. And this is Estevan Florial for the Yankees. He's the Yankees number 10 prospect. Okay, Peter, I think you're going to like this cat. So let's see this guy. He's been in the minor leagues since 2015. He's a former top 50 prospect. Love it. He played. He's he debuted last year. He had one game, three at bats, one hit. He's sitting down hitting 333. Was he like an extra guy for a doubleheader or something? Um, Matty know. They were battling injuries the whole season. It was when he came up, it wasn't expected. He was going to stay up. Okay. His last three seasons have been affected by injuries and COVID, obviously. He had a broken hamate bone in 2018, a wrist fracture in 2019, and then obviously COVID last year. But Friday, he hit two home runs. Sunday, he homered again. So, so far in six games, he's in double A. He's hitting 318 with four home runs. And he got a shout out from Aaron Boone. I'm sure, Maddie mm. Mass, you saw that. This is a direct quote from Aaron Boone. He's a five tool. He's an all-star caliber talent, a guy that can legitimately play center field, fly power to all fields. He certainly has all of the tools to be a special player. It's about putting those together and now having it show up in performance and consistency. So they just want him to see, stay healthy. And, but this is a guy like, you know, he's, he's been in the minor leagues now for six years. He had one game in the show and he has apparently, according to Aaron Boone, all the talent in the world. He just can't stay healthy. Mm, um, that feeling. So we'll keep Minus an eye on the him. Talent part, but, no, yeah. you have the talent. So he, he got off to a really hot start the season. He's down there in double A. We'll keep tabs on him. Your Very turn. Good. Okay. Another one down in triple A. Jaron Duran, center fielder, number three prospect in the regular Sox organization, number 97 prospect on MLB.com. Uh, was pretty terrible, honestly. Went 0 for 11 to start the season, thinking, oh, my God, my season's going to be over. This is the opposite of the first impression. But in back-to-back games, went 3 for 4 and 3 for 5, including his first home run. And he scored from first base on a base hit to left field. I'm not sure wow. if you saw the video. I'm sure that uh-uh. is going to put it up right here, somewhat there, right there. All hustle, straight hustle, went first to third on it originally, made him make a bad throw, gets up, sprints, so going first to third on a base hit to left field is good enough. Mm-hmm. Scoring on that, forcing them to make a bad throw, hustle guy. So congratulations on turning your season around in two days. That's it. Next, go. This guy. This guy. We're going to work on our transitions. Okay, you. Go. Ready and go. Adolis Garcia for the Rangers. Adolis Garcia for the Rangers. Are you listening, world? Rookie of the Year watch next week. Ooh, yeah, for sure. He, Yeah. Listen up, folks. Monday, two-run home run. 
Tuesday, yep. home run. Good. Saturday, game tying home run. That's Sunday, home run. That's good. He's hitting 297 with nine home runs and 26 RBI in 26 games this year. Apparently, Adolis Garcia remade his swing at the alternate site last year, so he benefited from that. Um, in the month of May, we're recording this episode on May 10th. We're 10 days in. He's hitting 400 with four home runs and 12 RBI, and he's just been clutch. Mm. And he extended his hit streak to eight games on Sunday. So he's an eight game hit streak going on, Amazing. but that stadium exploded. It was a three run shot in the fifth. And that's first of all, that stadium looks sick and I want to go so bad, but the stadium got so hype and Adolis Garcia should definitely be in our rookie of the year. Watch. He's killing it. Mm-hmm. He's killing it. Well, speaking of hit streaks, mm. Waska Inoa mm. is currently on a four game. Sorry. Waska Inoa the starting pitcher for my Atlanta yep. Braves yep. is currently in the middle of a four game hit streak himself, including two home runs and the grand slam. Yeah. That's just what he's doing with the bat guys. Pitching on Tuesday in DC went seven innings, no one runs. That's where he hit his grand slam off Tanner Rainey, by the way, who's not throwing 71 miles an hour up there. Yeah. And then Sunday against the Phillies, yesterday, six innings, one run, and a base hit to keep that heat streak alive. What he's done for this Braves team with the lack of Max Freed getting hurt and Soroka still on the DL and Charlie Morton having his issues, what he's been able to do has really helped the Braves even stay within Kuwi of the division lead. And now that they've swept Philly or took two out of three from Philly, you know, that, that race has just tightened up even more. So, Wasco Noah, shout out to you, buddy. Great week. Unbelievable week. What, what do you think is going to happen when Soroka comes back? Has you know a, who's first out of the rotation? Not, Not that we're thinking about Soroka quite yet. It'll but be, they kind of implied. It'll be smiley. It'll be smiley. Even though they spent $11 million. If If Wasco's doing what he's doing, there's no way you can take him out of the rotation. I don't care yeah, how much Yeah, they kind of implied maybe he goes to the bullpen. And I no. was like. First of all, Soroka's got to come back. Second yeah. of all, you've got to start having the other guys around him do more than what they're doing currently. I mean, besides Ian Anson, who we've spoken about, it mm-hmm. hasn't been hasn't been exactly stellar for the rotation. So to move to take the only guy that's having some success on a consistent basis out makes no sense. Yeah. Sorry, whoever said that, but I okay. disagree. 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 And that's okay. We can have disagreements. Yeah, we can. We don't We're have adults. to be on the same page for everything. We're all adults here. And if you can convince me otherwise, I will listen to your argument. Hmm. Carry on. Okay. CJ Abrams. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about him. Doesn't he write Lost? That's JJ Abrams. Hmm. I would, I'll tell you, that would be a tough transition to be this multi-multi-billionaire who's created so many good TV shows. Yeah. And now you're in the minor leagues. Yeah. Carry but on. he's the number eight overall prospect. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, that would be good. Um, he's the Padres number two, though. Hmm. Behind who? I think Mackenzie Gore. Is it? No, Mackenzie Gore's in, is it? Isn't Mackenzie Gore the starting pitcher for the Indians? Who's that? Who's that Mackenzie? Oh, Tristan Mackenzie. Yeah, Tristan Tristan Mackenzie. Who had a pretty good start this week. I think he had a lot of walks. Don't you get off track. I won't. I'm just saying. You brought him up. You (laughs) brought him up. and get off track. That's it. He had a pretty good start. That's it. CJ Abrams, 20-year-old shortstop. You know, he's moved, he's moved through the Padres minor league system rather quickly. 
Um, he was drafted sixth overall in 2019 out of high school, and he is in double A to start the year. That's pretty so good. So far, he's hitting 320. So he is known for his 80 grade speed, which we love. We love speed the, on the bases, no other kind of speed. Um, so he started the season in double A and he's impressing. And I guess the questions around him is obviously the Padres have a dude. They have a guy guy locked mm. up at short. So we, we could definitely see CJ Abrams at second or mm. in center or somewhere with Tatis locked up. Who knows? So that hey, is that was our top ten, by the way. Yeah, that's it. Top ten weekly performances brought to you by Maddie Mass and the mm-hmm. Founder Fan. Love that. Farm if you fan. disagree, let us know. Comment who should have made the top ten. If you disagree, you're wrong. Well, we obviously. Tell us. <laughs> so. What do you want to talk about, MLB wise? I want to talk about some quick injuries, really okay, quick. Okay, that's right. Yeah, you do. Jazz, Chisholm Jr. ran the bases before the game yesterday. He's coming back from a hamstring injury. We love to see it. We love to see it. Come on back with your bad self, Jazz Chisholm Jr. He's going to begin his rehab assignment tomorrow on Tuesday with AAA, and he's thought to be about a week away from returning. We can't wait, truly. Keep Ryan Hayes for the Pirates. Yes. He moved to the 60-day IL. But they're saying that there was no setback. There it's was nothing to, what to what time? the to, injury. To the first day of the year? He would be eligible to come back on June 3rd. Okay. So That's what, still longer than I would have thought, but still. Well, yeah. So that, yes, there has definitely been some incorrect information out there because we thought for weeks he's going to be coming back. But um, the Pirates GM, Ben Charrington, said that they started mapping out his return to play. And when you factor in rehab games and the progression, whatever it may be, that it had him getting back in the first week of June. So in order to create room on their 40-man roster, because they had some other injuries and they had to bring somebody up, Mm -hmm. they moved into the 60-day IL. Okay. Eligible to come off on June 3rd. Keep I like this move. I like this move too, because one, it gives him way more time to get himself Mm -hmm. back right. They don't rush him and have him hit BP in 40 degree weather. Um, And he will be well and truly be over the injury by the time he comes back and we won't have to worry about any more setbacks. So, And when he is back, I mean, he's, he's in every conversation still for rookie of the year and he hasn't played a game in like Mm. weeks. So it's going to be tough for somebody to take the rookie year off somebody that's going to play a full season. Yeah. That's that's what I was Especially with the seasons that guys are having. Yeah. It's not but, like there's it's not like the, the the NL East where no one's taking control. There's a few guys that have stepped up and gone, hey, by the way. Like Forest Cup meme right here. The what? Lieutenant Bay. <laughs> um, Alex Kirilov. If you listened last week, this dude was crushing it. He was crushing it last week. Then he got hurt. Got put on the IL on Wednesday with the right wrist sprain. At first. This was not good. People were very um, nervous about this injury. They didn't know how bad it was. He injured the same wrist and missed a lot of time in 2019. And then the report started getting a little bit more optimistic that he was starting to feel better and the swelling was going down. 
on Friday, he was examined by a wrist specialist in Ohio and he got a cortisone shot in his wrist. So now he's expected to test that sprained wrist by taking some swings in the next few days. And if that goes well, he'll be on track to returning soon. But Good. Rocco Baldelli said, if it's an unplayable situation for Alex, having surgery is definitely an option because he said some guys can play with this and some guys truly cannot play with it. I don't know what it is, but some guys can do it what and was some it, guys can't. It was a wrist, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same hand that he hurt when he missed a lot of time in 2019 because he sprained the same wrist. Okay, so it's, that would be really frustrating for him. It's going to be frustrating anyway because to, to finally start to feel comfortable at the plate and start to mm -hmm. feel like you're making an impact and um, then to come down like this, it kind of reminds me of another twin, Glenn Williams, who was an Australian who finally got to the big leagues with the Minnesota Twins after years and years in the minor leagues and okay. got off to one of the hottest starts by a rookie in Twins history and was hitting four or something for his first 15 games. And then just simple thing, I think he was diving back into first base and he hurt his, hurt his wrist or shoulder or something and then he was never able to really get back. So, you know, it's a, it's this, this game and the opportunities you get can be so fleeting. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm, I'm happy that they've sort of changed the whole attitude then let people have fun because, you, you know, you may as well enjoy yourself while you're playing a freaking kids game for a living. I just tried to look up while, why or how he heard it. Yeah. And um, Aaron Gleeman, who writes for The Athletic, said that it happened while sliding into second base during Monday's game. There you go. Every hitter should wear what one of those wrist protectors that get that mm, a lot of the like guys are putting on. Makers. No, the, the, some of them have the like the bit of, to stop the fingers from getting crushed. Yeah. Others have it from stopping like the, the yeah. pressure when you go into a base. Because if you're going into a, if you're sliding, these guys are getting up to like almost Olympic sprinter sprint speeds, mm -hmm. and you're sliding into a base and you're trying to stop yourself with your hands. Like there's going to be some jarring action going on there. So you, you, want, I'd be doing everything I can to protect myself. This is a, coming from a guy that never wore a freaking jock strap for. Mm -hmm. But I'd do everything I can to protect myself. Like, come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. So yeah. those were kind of like the notable injury updates. Julian Merriweather was transferred to 60-day IL. That's sad. Um, I just had Maddie do a little quick research for me. And, and injuries are up 25% in April compared to last crazy. year. How did you look that up? Ken Rosenthal just wrote an article for The Athletic this week, which in that article, it breaks down you know, leg injuries, this injury, that injury, but across the board, it looks like an average of like 25% increase just wow. in 2021. And I wonder if it, I'm sure I should probably just read the article, but I wonder if it talks about years past as well, um, or whether it's just a, a 2020 comparison, but, you know, I feel like there's kind of like there's, there's been, there's been years in the past where I think, man, it seems to be so many guys on the IL or DL, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, this, I, I'm injuries. noticing a lot more now. Maybe because I'm paying like, attention to more teams. Yeah, this is the most I've ever been like in on so many teams. Right. Um, MLB things that I want to talk about. Peter, why the heck are there so many no hitters going on? I think Sarah Lang. Because Langs, hitters suck right now. Well, Sarah Langs, I think, sent out a tweet that said the most no hitters in a full season is eight, and we are already at four. In, and a half. Yeah, four and a half. 
a month into the season. Yeah. So is this our pitcher's arms like this much more lively because they had so much rest last year? No, it's, I think it's more to do with the, obviously, yes, velocity's increased, stuff has increased. Everything's sort of at a maximum right now. Um, but so is wild pitches and, and all the rest of it. So you'd think that at some point someone would, I don't know. I mean, you give you give hitters a couple of weeks, three weeks to to get themselves out of the spring training mode. And, and that's when pitches are usually ahead of hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, so early in the season, that's what, the, the general speak is but I just think it's just the focus has been taken off contact so swinging and missing isn't as big a deal we talk about that on a regular basis um, so I just think that guys just trying to put the ball in play doesn't happen anymore so you're going to see more guys flying out to the fences Matty you mentioned that the that there's been a 16% is that what it was 16% decrease in the amount of home runs when you hit a ball with the perfect launch angle and the perfect um, exit below. So balls are traveling, I guess, traveling 16% less. The balls could have an effect. It's, there's just so many things that go into it, man. Before you get every, every reliever in a room sitting around and you go over each guy individually and, and basically give a game plan as a group how we're going to attack the hitter. Whereas I feel like now it's broken down to such a minute detail where you would go, okay, well, this is how you're going to pitch in Shane Green, or this is how you're going to pitch in Will Smith, or this is how you're going to pitch in Aroldis Chapman, which basically just throw it wherever you want because you're disgusting. But yeah, I think it's so specific now that it's 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 really tough to be a hitter. And, it's, and hitting's hard in the first place. Hitting has been hard. You're hitting a round ball with a round bat with guys thrown at 95 miles an hour. Yeah. And they've got other stuff that moves and darts all over the place. So hitting is one of the most impressive things that you can do. There's been more blowouts this year too. There's been more pitches, uh, position players pitching. Yeah. It's it's like it's it's like the, there's extremes going on. There's either really really good pitching performances or absolutely horseshit ones. It's a wild year. Yeah. Wild wild year, but yeah, no hitters are up. And the other big news this week: Albert Pujols getting yeah. DFA'd by the Angels. Um, That's got to be a tough conversation. Oh, well, I don't know if you saw the USA Today article that came out, but uh, it apparently was not pretty. Right. I, I guess there were some arguments and um, the league reactions. Mike Trout saying he cried at his locker. Nolan Arenado, I don't know if y'all saw his postgame presser. And when like everybody was done asking questions and he was dismissed, he was like, can I say something? And he was like, Albert Pujols, I love you. I hope that you get to go out the right way. I really hope that you get to see this because you're my favorite player and just gave him like a really nice shout out. So right. yeah, that, that was surprising when they DFA. Right. So that's beautiful and lovely. And, and mm. that's, that's, you know, all flowery and, mm. and he is, Flowers. there's no doubting what he's done in his career has been monumental. I've faced him a couple of times. It's not a fun at bat. He was the best player that I'd ever seen live. I caught Barry Bonds at the end, so um, you know it was it was tough to 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 see him myself and and be able to give my opinion. But I watched a lot of Albert Pujols and faced him a lot, so there's no taking away what he's done. He's he's going to be in the Hall of Fame with that question. But his numbers since basically 2018 okay. have not been very good. So 
we talk about wanting to see Mike Trout and all the best players in the world in the playoffs. Well, the best chance for the Angels to get to the playoffs is without Albert Pujols in that lineup. And that's not a that's no disrespect to him at all. That's just the, the fact. Like, he's going to hit the occasional home run. Great. He's going to get on base when he doesn't hit a home run. And he's a bridge. He can't move anywhere near like he used to. So you get someone behind him who it's like it's you've got to wait for the the, the tram to go out of the, uh, to get out of the way before you can even start running. So look, uh, Perry Manison over at the Angels. That was, I I can't imagine how hard that was for you, but I honestly think that it's probably the right decision um, if they want to have any chance. Yeah, and I mean, Kelsey, you said it earlier with all of the accolades, but if you just look at the accolade breakdown between St. Louis up until 2011 and then the switch in 2012 to the Angels, all three MVPs in St. Louis, obviously, and nine out of the 10 All-Stars in St. Louis. Signed a 10-year, $240 million deal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You look at, I always have like this page up of stats and he has 10,925 career Doesn't stats. Like, I've you look never at his baseball seen... reference page. Look at his baseball reference page. It's just, it's insanity. I've never like, seen From the minute he got into the league, the awards page just blows up. Yeah. I haven't seen like too many valid rumors about where he's going to land. St. Louis, um, they said people are good. St. Louis is going to sign him, let him I retire as a cardinal. That. How does that make the Angels feel? <laughs> he did all his all his best work with the Cardinals. He came and played nine years with the Angels and really didn't wasn't able to accomplish much more except for chasing down a few people on the leaderboards of records. And then he goes and signs back with the Cardinals and. <laughs> well, that USA Today article was saying how he had said that if and when he got into the Hall of Fame, they were like he probably wouldn't pick a team. But they were like, after this fallout with the Angels, he's definitely going to wear a Cardinals hat. Um, So our best to Albert Pujols. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. Peter, do you have Emmy? Emmy? Any MLB Um, notes? I just thought it was pretty cool to see the Guriel brothers. And the mom with the split jersey. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. The Bravos comeback the other night was really cool. You know what I think turned the Braves season around? I'm trying to think because I don't want to just be like, whoa, what is it? It, I want it has to, to do with some of your friends. Okay, go ahead. Luke Jackson took the mm. bullpen on a bike tour of DC on their off day on Monday. He dressed up like a like a bike tour guy, and the whole bullpen went on a on a bike tour with tour guys. They did sweep Luke DC Jackson. after that. They I'm telling you, the, the season turned around. After that was that. after they were... Luke Jackson is so that. funny, man. He's Your so friendly funny. neighborhood slider, man. That's yeah. the greatest nickname in the history of the game. He's so funny. And, and he's also the, an esports. Uh, yeah, he like owns a, a gaming, gaming team. team. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. These are the kind of stories you're not going to get listening to any other pods, guys. No. You don't know who Luke Jackson is. Now you do. Look him up. Yeah. Kind of good looking. Got good so, hair. Texas. That's what I think turned it around. She's from Texas. Well, I pre- that's good. I like that input. Australian lingo for the day from Peter Morgan as today. we continue our quest as Melbourne Aces fans. Today's words, because mm. there's two of them, is dog's breakfast. 
Now I'll let you both have a have a, an idea of what it don't do. You, I want to see any fingers going on typewriters. Hold your hands up, Kelsey. What does dog's breakfast mean? Um, is it like a casserole? No. Maddie? Okay. A dog's breakfast is when you have to pick up your dog's shit. No. That's a good guess. Close. Both good guesses. Both very good. Not close. So dog's breakfast is basically means absolute chaos. Because if you've ever had a dog that it really enjoys food, once you put that food down in the morning, it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. yeah. So just tell you what, I came walking down the stairs and the living room looked like a dog's breakfast. Uh, I like that one. There you go. You can describe anything that looks like it's like a, instead of saying, oh, it looks like a bomb went off in here or, you know, we've got to clean this up. It looks like a dog's breakfast. Are you going to steal that? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, so I think that's the way I'll do it from now on is I'll come up with a a, a word and I'll let you guys have a guess and then I'll give you the, yeah. and I'll use it in a sentence. So we're like an, at a spelling bee. That was juicy. Liked, I liked that one. I'm going to start using that one. All right. So anything else, guys? I'm, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I got plenty of love. I just got nothing else to talk about in the pod. So. Yeah, love. <laughs> Well, that was this week's episode. We hope you guys liked the new format that we did. And you couldn't um, even tell that we uh, had to take a break for an hour and a half because we lost Wi-Fi. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. But we got to eat and we're full and we're good. So thank you guys again for listening. You are officially Farm 2 fam. You're our fam and we love you and your support. Thank you guys so much for listening. Maddie Bass, great job. Peter Moylan, great job. Manager of the Melbourne Aces. Um, Can't make the other announcement yet, but there's another one coming. Ooh, Ooh tease. Tune in next week. We hope you guys have a great week. New episodes every Wednesday. Thank you to Manscaped, our first ever sponsor. We love you so much. Use the code FARM. Y'all are the best. Farm on, farm often. As Peter Moylan said last week. Yes. <laughs> See ya. Peace, bitches. <laughs>